If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by friend and founder and CEO of Revolver Sports PR, Amanda Simon. Amanda takes us through her very cool professional journey, shares what she's learned, and gives some very inspiring advice. It's a great episode, so let's get to it. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me today for Get My Job. It's been a long time that I wanted to have you on. We met a couple years ago before the Super Bowl in LA, and I'm so glad to get to chat with you today. Same. I'm so excited we can get this um, going finally. I know. Me too. So let's jump right in as I do with everybody because I think this is one of the more fascinating parts of this whole thing. But how did your professional journey begin? How did you decide you wanted to work in the sports industry? And and just take us through all that, please. That's kind of a fun, wild ride that most people don't anticipate. But I started out as a pre-med major. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I really wanted to be a pediatrician. Um, But then at a certain point, I realized I just don't want to be in school for the rest of my life. Fair. Um, (laughs) Which I commend every doctor. We need amazing doctors. Um, I just, it wasn't for me. I still love it, but, um, transition from pre-med to a communications major because PR wasn't an actual major at the time. It is now, thankfully, and I'm excited to see that. Um, but I, as part of our regular coursework, we had to take a PR class and most college students, you know, we're not like thinking ahead, like, what is this? We just go <laughs> and see what happens. And I instantly loved it. Um, had an amazing professor and knew PR is what I was meant to do with my life. And it wasn't until we had a guest speaker in that class who actually was the VP of comms for the Portland Trailblazers for over a decade. Okay. And it was like this Oprah's aha moment of like, wait, you can do PR for sports. And I was Mm -hmm. like, done. I was like, that's exactly what I need to do. And my mindset was like, okay, Lakers, here I come. (laughs) <laughs> that was my thought. <laughs> I still haven't worked with them yet, but uh, we're working on it. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. 
From week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You know, after college, when I realized you can do sports PR, I really made it a focus of like, I don't know how you get there or what really I'm doing, but I had amazing mentors and I was super focused on getting there. So I worked at this um, private school in South Orange County and he had an amazing athletic director, super supportive. I told him I want to work in sports and he was like, great, you tell me what um, you need and I'll champion you forward. Um, So it's always great to have a male ally in that sense. Um, But I had the, with that, I had the admissions director walk in my office and very casually say, you know, the baseball team's hosting some tournament during spring break. You should probably go talk to the coach. And like most coaches, you know, they don't really like share all the info with their PR teams. So I kind of rolled my eyes and I was like, okay, let's go over there and see what this baseball tournament is. And he totally downplayed it too. He's like, oh, it's no big deal. It's just the Boris baseball classic. And I was like, okay, I don't, that didn't have Mm -hmm. any meaning to me. So I went back to my office and I immediately Googled like, who is Scott Boris? And I was like, oh, (laughs) 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 yeah, I was like, this guy is a big deal. Okay. And so because I saw opportunity, I knew that, um, you know, during spring break, while I work under the president, you're technically supposed to also be off campus and actually get a break. I worked that whole week doing PR for that tournament for free, which I don't even know if they know, but they probably will now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was like opportunity cost. I saw the opportunity. It cost me a week of free work and they loved me so much that they actually stole me away from that school afterwards. And I've been with them going on 13 years. Um, They're an amazing client and I like love it. But that really helped propel my career forward in sports and expedite it in a much quicker way versus going from high school to college, you know, the like minor league to pros or whatever the sport may be. Um, So that was a really big impetus for my career. And then seven years ago, I started Revolver Sports PR and we work with all kinds of athletes, male and female in a variety of different sports. And um, it's just been really fun. I mean, it's been again, a wild ride, but amazing. And I love it. I wouldn't change it. And I'm so thankful that I switched very early on. I mean, it wasn't that early because I was like a sophomore in college with all these pre-med prerequisites. So I like rushed to finish college in the four years, even after changing majors, but I don't regret any of it. I'm so thankful for it. And you know, the awesome mentors I've had along the way. Well, and I'm so glad that you shared your story. So thank you, first of all. But also one of the things we talk about a lot on this podcast is you want to be focused on what you want to do, but you want to be open to opportunities. And your experience being at the school and going to work with the baseball team, like it's it changed your entire career, the trajectory of your career. And so I'm just glad that you were able to share how open you were and, and what that did for you. Yeah. And admittedly, I didn't know a lot about baseball when I started. I mean, my first professional game uh, was the Dodgers versus the Giants, which is an incredible first game to have in any sport. Mm -hmm. 
And that was really like my first, you know, I had some friends who played baseball, but you know, we went to just like be supportive friends and hang out, like not paying attention to the game. So obviously I know a lot more now, but you know, wanting to, or having that goal of working in sports, you know, while my mindset was basketball essentially because I love the Lakers and I bleed purple and gold, that was my focus. And so I traveled with the basketball team, but having that opportunity in baseball really helped open that door. And I still get to work in basketball now and other sports. So I'm really thankful that I I guess I didn't realize that at the time, but that I was more open-minded than I thought I was. Mm -hmm. So as someone who works in PR, this is maybe the best question for you, but what tips do you have for building relationships in this industry, especially in your profession? Because it's a, you know, your profession has a very fine line. There's a lot of information you're privy to that you can't share and you're figuring out what you can, what you can't, how you work with these athletes. So if you can kind of just take us through how you navigate that and how you built relationships over these last 13 years. Yeah. Relationships are definitely everything in PR, but I think, um, you know, what I like to try and do in building those relationships, especially when I first meet someone is really try and give more than I ask and just be a connector. Um, and that really helps build trust because that's what the sports industry is based off of, um, relationships and trust, which you can't have one without the other. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, and I think just like maintaining your integrity, like don't compromise your morals and values to get ahead because it's such a small industry. It'll always come back to get you one way or another. And that's mm-hmm. never pretty. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think um, Tim Mead, who was with the Angels for 40 seasons, actually taught me, uh, you know, a key, especially wor- him working with players um, so directly um, and closely. He always said, you know, make sure you walk out onto the field and you talk to players just to say hello and see how it's going. So then they don't always associate seeing you and roll their eyes and say, oh God, here comes Amanda again, who's just going to ask me for something and I don't want to do it. And that really has been a game changer in terms of anytime I'm working with coaches or athletes directly of just calling to say hi, shoot them a text if I'm thinking about them and, uh, and not always ask um, for things, you know, just trying to give more and add value where I can. Well, and I think that's really important. And that's something we talk a lot about with our, the people who come on who are media. And it is a really important thing. Generally, the not always asking and really authentically building a relationship. It's not easy to do, but it's so important because you're right. You don't want to walk up and have people like, Oh, here she is again with some something she wants because nobody likes that. We don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't want that. <laughs> you know, I know it when I get random, like, DMs or texts from someone I haven't talked to in a really long time. And you can always tell how it starts. Hey, how are you? It's been so long. And I can always tell something's coming. They want tickets to a game, which I can't provide them. They want this. They want that, you know, and and we all experience it. And it is really important. And I want to go back to something you said with sports. That's so true. Relationships and trust go hand in hand. And they are the most important thing. And obviously, you've built relationships with your clients and they trust you. But early on, how did you make it clear to people that you could be trusted and you were here to help? Um, I think just really being authentically myself. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know really 
that that was a thing at the start of my career or how to do it once I realized it. You are kind of conditioned to be super corporate and stuffy, mm-hmm. especially in college. They're trying to teach you how to be a professional. And right. there is a person being a professional, but I, you know, sports is not stuffy. Right. <laughs> industry. It's a lot of games. So that is always something to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like at the league and team levels, they do operate in the front office staff as a corporation because they are. Um, but we know how to have fun and um, stay the course. But I think a lot of it was um, always letting our athletes or coaches that we work with or teams know, like we have your back. And then showing them that we really have their back, right? Like you mentioned, we are privy to a lot of information that doesn't necessarily need to be made public. And being a vault really helps build that trust. Um, You know, they're not, athletes are not great at being vulnerable. So if they're saying something to you and you're hearing what they're saying, you have to really respect that. And that really helps build trust. And when you say you're going to do something, you actually do it. I was working with, um, at a call yesterday with someone actually, and they're like, you know what? You are the first PR person who actually called us back. Like we met at a Dodgers game, actually, <laughs> like a week oh. or two ago. And I love it. they, we connected and chatted and they were like, we'd really love, you know, to get connected and have you help us with whatever. And, um, I, you know, I was texting them and on the call yesterday, they stopped like mid call and they were like, I have to say like, you are not Hollywood at all. And you actually mm-hmm. said what you were going to do. And I laughed because they didn't know that they're from the Midwest. And I was like, well, funny enough, I actually was born in the city of Hollywood, but I'm not Hollywood at all in the sense of personality or behavior or worldview or anything. And so we had a good laugh about that, but that's how you really build trust right like you say what you're gonna do follow through don't share things you know you shouldn't um and also don't be a name dropper (laughs) that helps um and this interview will be slightly different but um you know i think just being able to you know be that uh source that vault for them it goes a long way did you have any experiences kind of early in your career or one particular experience where maybe you did share something you weren't supposed to share, not on purpose, obviously. Um, but maybe you did share something you weren't supposed to share or something got out that wasn't supposed to got, go out. Something along those lines that really was a big learning experience for you and helped to shape you going forward. Um, I don't think that I've had um, an instance where anything's gotten out that shouldn't um I think that earlier this year, there was, I mean, this wasn't like on a large scale, but um, there was news of something that we wanted to ensure a coach was able to share with his team prior to it being made public. Okay. Um, but I, and it, it, his team ended up hearing, you know, social media, <laughs> like yeah. its own media outlet. Um, uh, someone from the media didn't, we had an embargo on the news and they didn't follow the embargo. And so the players had heard the news on social media because of this particular journalist. 
and um and the coach didn't get a chance to kind of level set and let the team know beforehand and manage emotions and feelings and field questions um and so he obviously wasn't super excited about it we weren't from the perspective of you know having that relationship and trust with the coach that he could tell his players first and so on his end it looked like we didn't communicate to him well and give him that opportunity when in reality that wasn't necessarily the case um and um that you know that damaged the relationship a little bit but it isn't something so significant we can't move forward from you know we've we've known him for 11 12 years Mm -hmm. and so you have that's when you really rely on that relationship and the trust you've built over however long you've known someone to really lean on in those times to be able to move forward and build that trust back up. Um, and so I think, you know, learning lesson, uh, we will have a longer embargo (laughs) on things and, um, and just make a mental note, you know, send it to the journals after, you know, that the coaches confirmed things with you just to like triple, safeguard some of that information just slightly longer um but i think that's probably uh you know the only instance that comes to mind i'm sure there's probably big things over the last 15 years but that's uh one that i can think of off the top of my head well and i think when we go back to trust and relationships uh, twofold i have twofold on that one at the end of the day, that was certainly not your fault, but you have to take it. I mean, you would, mm-hmm. because it is, it comes to you, the kind of the buck stops here kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And you, I think that makes sense. All the, the kind of things you've put into place to make sure it doesn't happen again. But then when it comes to that journalist, are you not able to trust that person again? Yeah, I think sometimes, I mean, to be fair to the journalist, um, he was 15 minutes early. Um, okay. So I don't want to day early. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not totally throwing them under the bus. Um, and we do have a good relationship with them too. And, you know, they apologize, but they also, you know, we had to make it known in a little bit more of a certain way of like, there is, as they know, multiple reasons and layers to things as to why we say what we say and when you can release things and, um, and, you know, so then you, you kind of, don't quite put the fear of God into him, but you let him know that you're not super happy and that it really can't happen again because, you know, they have a job to do and they, they need us to trust them as much as they need to be able to trust us to have that mutually beneficial relationship. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, we're getting ready for a similar kind of announcement pretty soon. And, you know, you've got to give that person another chance, um, to, prove they can be trusted and they can do their jobs accordingly. Um, and you just keep moving on from there. You know, you can't really always like live in fear. You proceed. I'm always cautiously optimistic. That's what I say with anything. That's good. Cautious optimism is often the way to go. I'm big enough. <laughs> if you could give our listeners one piece of advice for starting a career in your field, what would it be? Um, you know, it's, you're going to hear a lot of no's. And a lot of doors close in your face and a lot of people don't want to help you. But I think that it's really the no's that shape you. Okay. They make you stronger. Um, they push you to get creative. It causes innovation. So try not to let those no's get to you. 
I choose to use it to fuel me forward um, mm-hmm. and use that as my motivation. Uh, but there's definitely a lot of yeses in your future. So keep taking those no's and know that you're just getting closer and closer to that that yes. Since you started, I think you said 15 years ago, um, how have you seen opportunities grow and change for women in the industry? And how do you think we can still improve? Um, I think that there's been really great progress these last few years, especially we've had, you know, first female NFL coach, we've had the first female MLB GM, um, and many others, um, across the board and, and first female team ownership. Um, I think there's been a lot of really positive growth. I think there definitely needs to be more and Mm -hmm. in diverse ways, um, you know, a perfect example actually is Angel City FC. They are like the great case study for mm-hmm. how much of a positive impact women can make in the industry. Mm-hmm. They were just named the most valuable women's sports team. And they managed to do that in only two years of existence. It's amazing. Um, so I think that, you know, lean into women and not just, you know, when I say diverse, I do mean it in... Um, ethnic diversity, but I do also mean it in the vendors, teams, and leagues choose to use. Um, Make sure they're women-owned or have a couple of those or that they are BIPOC-owned and, you know, like really help to grow the sports industry because oftentimes people always think working in sports is only working for the team and not all of the other outside entities that um, work within the sports world, um, just like media as well, right? That's still sports entity, just like fangirl sports and ESPN Mm -hmm. and everything, you know? Um, I think that's really important. I think it's extremely important as well. And I think it's important. I'm glad that you brought up that there's working for the team is not the only thing. Cause it's really something we talk about a lot on this pod. That's why this pod was started. Cause I wanted people to know it's not, there's so many great opportunities in sports. Their sideline reporting is incredible. Hosting a show is incredible. Working for a team is incredible, but there are so many opportunities. So having you on talking about the PR side, I've had a real estate agent on who literally just works with athletes moving to the East coast. Like we're traded mid season I need a place to live, that kind of thing. So there are just so many opportunities. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And as you have gone about your career and you have met young women who want to get into sports, what do you tell them generally about getting into sports, not just into PR, but about kind of being open and and the different opportunities they might be able to find? Um, I always say, because like there's no two paths in any career that are the same, especially in sports and even smaller for women in sports. I think that how I've been able to find the success that I'm at now, even though I I still have more that I'd love to achieve is that, um, be open-minded, say yes to the right opportunities, right? Don't just say yes for the sake of saying yes, but, you know, think about, if I have an opportunity to produce a commercial with 18 different NFL players for the Super Bowl and I'm working on the production side, okay, yes, that's great experience. I would definitely do it. It's not where I want to be, but use it as a stepping stone. That's really what it is. I think there's like a saying, and I'm totally going to butcher it, but it's like 
the small collection of little things adds up to like big successes or something. I'm terrible with these. Um, but I like I like <laughs> I like the meaning of it. I like what you're trying to say. I love that. That's a great that's a really great saying. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I have gone to especially early in my career when I didn't really know how to get into sports. I didn't have anyone helping me. I literally had to figure it all out on my own and make adjustments. And that adds to, you know, the fear and stress and, you know, just feeling down on yourself. But um, I've sat in many uh, conferences where I didn't know anyone, or I just sat in the lobby of a hotel where they were having um, you know, GM meetings or owners meetings, just hoping to catch someone, talk to them, build a relationship. But I also knew that like, if people weren't seeing me, I was never going to be able to build that trust. Mm-hmm. And if I wasn't talking to them, it didn't matter if they wanted to work with us right away or at all, or if they were the right person or not. But people move from company to company, sport to sport. Um, you know, I, have plenty of friends who are front office in the NFL and then they leave and they go to a totally different sport. Now they're like in NASCAR or, mm-hmm. you know, like everyone moves. So it's really important to build those strong relationships because that also helps you. Um, especially if you're younger in college, be friends with everybody. You never know where your like classmates are going to end up and where that will <laughs> help you later. How have you seen the PR, the sports PR industry change really from the time you started to today? And how has social media been a part of that? Um, you're making me feel old here, Tracy. <laughs> I'm, I'm really not trying to. I just you said 15 years, but I do. But I'm curious because I think it probably is very different in the way PR works. Even I had a publicist several years ago for a small business I had, and now it's so the industry is just so different. And even like when we do PR for fangirl, it's so different. So I'm just curious from your perspective, because you are so young and hip. Then I said, (laughs) there you go. But you're so young and hip that you are keeping up with all the trends. How's that? Is that better? (laughs) Um, I (laughs) PR has changed vastly. I mean, when I first started, and I feel nostalgic about it, because I really loved the way of doing PR when I first started in that, you know, media outlets galore, reporters all over the place. You had multiple people covering the same beat um, and a press release could get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was always the option of also being able to pick up the phone and call someone specifically. Um, it was a time where exclusives were a true thing. They still are a thing now, but not quite in the same way. Okay. Um, and it got the job done. We didn't have social media. So the media was truly the media. Mm-hmm. Now with social media, because when I, God, when I graduated college, social media didn't exist. Like it was barely the time of Facebook being available to other colleges and universities that weren't Ivy League. Mm-hmm. And so it was like still the wild, wild west. You know, it was like Twitter was actually... Well, ironically enough, it was taking back then, it's taking now, but um, yeah, that was, it was like on its last lifeline and if they weren't innovative and someone didn't step in and really change it, that was being diminished too. So, and Instagram wasn't even thought of until years into my career. So having, unfortunately now, and maybe social media is part of the cause of um, this too, but 
there's less media outlets, there's less reporters doing five or six or 10 times as much more work Mm -hmm. than there was previously. Exclusives are really tough these days because social media exists. Things do get leaked way more often. Right. Um, And it's more challenging um, because I think it's also tough to level set people's expectation, right? Like PR people are thought of to be both robots and miracle workers. (laughs) Right. right. And while I can make some miracles happen, I can't control the actions of others. No one can. Right. And so trying to tell a client like, yes, we've pitched this story to like 18 different outlets, but it doesn't mean any of them are interested or sometimes like something bigger in the news happens and that's the story. And so whatever we had going on no longer matters. So there's so many different, there's more nuances and social media has contributed a lot to that than 15 years ago when I first started where a press release really was like the bread and butter of PR. Now you have to get really creative and innovative and use every thing out there. I mean, you know, for doing events, there's always got to be an Instagrammable moment is what I call it. If you are mm-hmm. um, at the Super Bowl, how do you break through the noise? Um, you've got to get something outside of, you know, the players playing to tell your story. You've got to get celebrities involved. You've got to get fans involved. Like it's really different and more integrated. Um, and I love both. Um, and I love that now I can be more creative and innovative and you know, that's what sets us apart from others. Um, and it's, I think it'll change again with AI coming in. Um, and we'll see kind of how that continues to unfold. I mean, it's already wreaked havoc across every industry on the planet. So we'll see what happens. Uh, that's interesting though. It is interesting to see how that works. And I feel like a press release, it is, it's kind of rare. You just don't see them like you used to, you know, you see statements and all of that. And there are press releases, obviously I cover the 49ers. We get press releases all the time, but it's just a different kind of world and the way that they're used and their impact is just very different. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. All right. This will be fun. Will you take us through a day in the life of Amanda Simone? Uh, (laughs) Well, two days, no two days are ever the same. So, um, which is part of what I love about working in PR. Like I love staying busy and active and things constantly changing. And I thrive off that kind of energy. So I don't want it to ever be the same. If it does, I get bored quickly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I always, I try and start my days with like small healthy habits. And this is the same thing I was talking about of success. Like these small little things you're doing all add up to something bigger. Uh Um, So it sounds really silly, but I literally wake up and I make my bed. I go work out and then I meditate, which is, and I only do it for like five minutes. Cause like I said, I can't sit still. Um, I'm so impressed you do it every day for five minutes. I think that's awesome. Okay. Well, I do it during the week. I can't say I do it. All the weekend. Um, but it's something one of my NFL clients taught me, um, was to meditate. And at first I was totally opposed to it. Now I'm like, I don't know why I haven't done this more in my life. Um, and then I read, um, all headlines, sports headlines, all everything because sports isn't just in living in the sports world. It really impacts the economy and impacts so many different things. So I read a ton of different headlines, um, to stay up to date. And then I jump into client work, um, which shifts constantly. I could have, you know, I write, I'm like the queen of post-it. So I write whatever I'm hoping to accomplish that day on a post-it. And then by the end of the day, it's usually I've accomplished none of those things because (laughs) 
Just plans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because priorities shift. Um, and, you know, I could be on an um, NFL client at like 9 a.m. And then by like 9.02, I have to be on like a baseball client and like really mm-hmm. shift or working with a brand on a deal for this client or campaign to now I'm like working with legal and reviewing contracts um, or ideating to create campaigns or proposals or whatever. So things really do change. I think people think I go to sports games way more than I do. Like my whole family thinks that's all I do for a living is go to <laughs> sport, sporting events. Um, and I wish I did go to more, but PR for us, the way that we function, because we aren't a team, mm-hmm. um, is that we actually are, we are kind of hands off uh, for the most part during a season, um, or really focusing on anything off the field, court, racetrack, like whatever the respective sport of our client might be. Um, because teams do a really great job at handling on like during the season type of things. We do collaborate a lot, especially on any community efforts. Um, so everything is like an ebb and flow. There is cycles. I'm so thankful for the most part that some sports leagues don't overlap um, the whole season. There might be a little bit like right now it's basketball, football and baseball. And I think hockey is starting all at once. So like, it's a little nutty, but as like the world series ends, then I can focus on football, football ends and then spring training starts back. So there's like a nice cycle to some of the sports that we work in Mm -hmm. um, that help dictate what my focus is at a macro level, but micro day to day, everything's always crazy and up and down. And sometimes you're in office one second, then the next I'm driving off to LA, <laughs> like an emergency meeting or something. So that's a quick overview of what a day might look like, but it's always um, different and, and its own little roller coaster ride, but I love it. I was going to say that's definitely what makes it fun and keeps it interesting for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, this has been fun. I've I've loved talking to you and learning more about what you're doing on the day-to-day, but I can't let you go yet because we have to do five fun facts and my listeners know, and I think you probably know too, that this is something I do with 49ers players where they they share five things about them you wouldn't otherwise know. But on this podcast, we ask everyone the same five questions every week, which has been so much fun because you just, it's amazing how different the answers are, which makes sense because we're all such different people and personalities, but I love it. So if you are ready, five fun facts with Amanda Simon. I'm ready. Amanda, we will start with what is your favorite moment in sports? Uh, this might be my favorite, like just to me. Um, Which is what it should be. <laughs> because of my job, I get to see a lot of athletes from a really young age. Um, and then, you know, be with them as they move up to like being pro athletes, um, which is really weird because we know how much time that takes and it really does make me feel old. But one that stands out is um, Royce Lewis, who's um, with the Minnesota Twins now, but he participated while he was in high school in the Boris Baseball Classic that we do. And he was the first one to ever hit a Grand Slam in that tournament's history. And then that same year, he went to go, he went on to be drafted number one overall to the Twins. And then this year he's, uh, he got, called up permanently and has like just knocked out of the park. I mean, he had four grand slams in the last few weeks. Now they're 
in postseason, and he was one of three MLB players to make history again um, with home runs. I think it's two home runs in a single postseason game or three. Um, so just like seeing the evolution of him has been so exciting. And he's exactly the same humble, respectful person that he always has been. And he's all about his fans. And so to see him from the very beginning when he was just Royce <laughs> as like uh-huh. a 13 year old to now being like 24 and in the, his first postseason ever and like r- rookie of the month, I think last month. So like just seeing that whole evolution is just such like a standout. And because he's also just maintained like being such a good human, it just, I mean, I love working with him and, um, and seeing him grow into who he is. Um, but outside of that, I think Kobe scoring 81 points highlight. I don't know how anyone has anything better. Um, but yeah, favorite sports moment to me. Well, those are both amazing, but the, the Royce story, that's, that's really cool. That's just a really cool to get to see and to see that evolution. That's amazing. And as are Kobe's 81 points, those are, those are some good favorite moments there. What is your life motto? My life motto is it's not forever. It's just for right now. I like that. Yeah. Go to workout. Um, Bandit squats, but I do love a good rowing machine. Okay. Go to coffee order. Iced latte with ristretto shots, uh, triple if I'm on the field. Totally fair. And a book every woman should read. Um, I think every woman should read their own book. I think that there are a lot of really amazing books out there and I've read plenty and there's plenty to be read and written. But I think that especially in, from my perspective working in PR, we literally like finish one thing and move on to the next. We don't ever have time to kind of look back and or appreciate really being in the moment or any successes we've had as they come. And so I think it's really important to, you know, go back and read your own book, like recognize how, like what you've accomplished and those successes you've had. Even if you don't feel like you've made it to where you want to be, that quote unquote, I've made it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, you've done so much more than you think you do. And this is something I have to do on a regular basis because things just move so quickly and you don't really get to appreciate what you've done. Um, and I just literally recently did that for myself. I had a mood board I made with some girlfriends at the end of last year and I was looking at it at a, I have it actually, I can see it from my desk. So every day I'm looking at it and I was like, gosh, it's getting towards the end of the year. I've accomplished not a single thing on here and I wanted to throw it away and I felt so frustrated. And then I started reading what was on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I have accomplished this. Uh, you know what? I have done that. And I have, it may not be where I like everything I want it to be. Like Serena Williams is on there and I'd love to work with her. And I may not be working with her right now, but I've taken the steps necessary to be able to work with her when that time comes and to make sure that myself and my company are ready to take on the work when she one knows that we exist and two, then we sign up and work together, but read your own book. You've done so much more than you think you have, and you should use that to keep going in times where you really just don't feel like you've, you're getting anywhere that you want to be or making any progress because you really have, and you should celebrate that every day. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. What a, what a perfect way to end the pod. Amanda, thank you so much. That was 
fabulous. Um, please let everyone know where they can find you on social. Um, you can find us at Revolver Sports on Instagram, or you can follow me, Amanda Simon, um underscore at, um, on Instagram and uh, Twitter or X or whatever they want to call themselves now. I'm there and would love to connect. Fantastic. You guys, you can find us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. If you like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to give us a five-star rating and leave us a very positive review. And with that, I will talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.